Many newer advisors that I've talked with seem to struggle with finding processes that match well with the people that they are bringing on as clients. And so today I'm chatting with Colton Etherton, a financial advisor for Tattoo Artists. And Colton opens up about how scary it was to commit to rebranding as a niche advisor in the beginning, but that once he took that leap, he realized how to align processes and even planning software with his clients' needs inside that niche. We talk about all that and more in today's episode of The Breakthrough Factor. Welcome and thank you for joining us on The Breakthrough Factor, a podcast and YouTube show where your host, Jess Boss, interviews entrepreneurs, athletes, and financial professionals to find out what it takes to break through barriers to health, wealth, and taking ownership of your life. If you're feeling stuck in your career or seeking advice on how to overcome obstacles all the way to building your fitness and finances, this is a show for you. Today, I have here Colton Etherton with me. Colton, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I am a financial advisor. I've been doing it for handful of years now, but more recently started my own firm and uh, geared that towards working with tattoo artists. And I guess before that, I was at you know at Schwab um, and then Merrill Edge before on their, their call team and initially started in banking. So kind of made that transition slowly over to the fee-only side where I'm at now and running my own firm. Well, and we're going to talk about this too, because I mean, your career is a great, uh, a great example of it, but finance... Mm-hmm. Over the last five years, has shifted so quickly with the advance yeah. of technology and the ability to. I mean, we've moved from accounts being somewhat maybe digital if the client wanted to. To we have to teach a client how to be digital with their accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they it's almost a non-negotiable that you're going to have to be able to understand technology to some degree. There, when I, in my previous firm, there's a role. Like that was that person's mm-hmm. role of teaching them how to use the technology, right? Because we, we had yeah. the same. We had a lot of uh, retirees. And so, yeah, I, I think your career is a great example of just the, the shift and things you once needed to know, you don't need to know anymore. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Learning's fun, but then it's not. So I met you on mm-hmm. Twitter uh, and you caught my eye because you were a financial advisor for tattoo yeah. artists. Yeah. And the, as we've kind of had several conversations back and forth, I, what I've loved about your story is the fact that you, you, you've had this kind of breakthrough experience. And similar to what I was talking about when, over the past five years, how financial advice has changed so much. There's been people who have been in financial advice for a really long time that are well established and and honestly other than adapt you know adapting and adopting the technology mm-hmm. to their practice they don't have to change their practices too much mm-hmm. right now and then there's people who started right before all of this that i i mean i feel like they probably just don't don't sleep at night um, <laughs> trying to continue to make the adjustments needed yeah. in order to continue to build their business and establish themselves while everything just continues to change and there's this slight little pocket of people, and I think you're one of them who have said, I'm not going to try to do it the way that everybody else has done it 
and continue to adapt and adopt to make that work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find my people and I'm going to find out what they need. And I'm going to take what I know as an industry expert and and create and craft the message of of bringing them the information that they need in a specific way that matters to them. Mm-hmm. And you do that with tattoo artists. Yeah. So I love that so much. I think it simplifies the the um, the aspect of building a business. But I'm curious to see, you know, when you started this thing off, you said you started like not doing that. You just kind of went broad <laughs> in general. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so tell us a little bit about that shift when you started off broad in general and who you were seeing, and then like why, like what just kind of kept pulling you toward this this new kind of niche planning that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so like you said, I started off broad in general just with millennials, right? And I was like, uh, that should should maybe be enough, right, to to go that yeah. route. You're you're a millennial. I am. I'm yeah. a, I'm so a like, millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are my people. And I, that's something I tried to push. I've I've had kids. I've switched jobs. You know, I've bought and sold a house. I've got student loans. Like just thinking of my own situation, I'm like, I need something. So feels really daunting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I, I made that transition um, or started the firm as a millennial focus, and it was good, but. I felt like it was really hard to market as well um, mm-hmm. because I didn't narrow that down further, right? Like I wasn't narrowing it down to like millennial entrepreneurs or people in tech. And so I could talk about, um, you know, uh, ISOs and, and, you know, stock options and that kind of thing or just the, the self-employed. Um, and, it, and real quick question. Like yeah. you say it was hard to hard to market. You can tell me if this is correct for you. My experience was... It's not that it was like it was easy to market because all the materials are already there, mm-hmm. but the whole time you're marketing, you feel like you're copying somebody else. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and, and there's nothing to really hook them. What kind of drove me to to change, uh, you know, is that first meeting I had with an artist, and I don't want to say it was like early February, so I launched mid to late January, and you know, shortly after that, you know, I was like, man, that'd be really cool. No one's doing that, you know. No, it's already good friends with Justin Green who you know, with Syst FP yeah. and he's doing uh, fitness entrepreneurs. And I knew of Marlon, uh, Wesh, you know, who's day. doing yeah, cool. um, travel nurses and, you know, a few other, a few other people doing niche stuff. And I was like, you know, they were kind of getting traction and it just seemed, I don't know, a little bit more fun too. So I held off and had multiple calls with Justin between then and like the end of September when I actually was decided on making the switch. And every time we'd talk marketing and that, like I would just use that as an example. You know, like, oh, with tattoo artist, blah, 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 blah. And so finally, you know, it kind of came to a head in September. I called him about something totally unrelated. You know, it was supposed to be like a five minute call. You know, I text him like, hey, you got five minutes. Um, ended up being two hours. And the conversation went totally different direction and ended up with me being like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on tattoo artists. If it doesn't work, I can always go back, you know, and just be broad. True. Um, Told my wife. And by that point, she was like, okay, you know, I I see it. Like she'd kind of seen their progress as well. And was like, yeah, I get it. Um, So it took me about a week, you know, redid the website, dropped my old Instagram and started a brand new one because I just wanted it fresh. Um, And yeah, redid all that. And that was honestly scarier to make that transition 
Um, my wife was at work that night. She's working. Yeah. And just the whole tattoo. <laughs> the whole tattoo. tattoo oh, because it was just know? a, I mean, was this just a light bulb moment and you just went? Oh yeah. It was like once yeah. Justin and I had that call and I mean, we'd had plenty of calls before, but there's something right. about this one where I was like, I just have to do it. Like I have to give it a shot. Um, yeah. and so I, you know, hung up, told my wife and, and so worked on it for like a week, redoing my website and all that. Um, and it was like midnight or whatever on like a, a Thursday night. My wife was working nights at that point. And so I was just home alone. Kids were sleeping, was working on it. I text her. I'm like, I'm going to do it. She's like, okay. And that, that was honestly scarier hitting that button to transition my website from what it was general planning for millennials to tattoo artists was scarier than the decision to actually start the business in the first place. You know what I mean? Like starting the business is like, okay, sure. But making that switch is like, oh shit, here we go. Um, here we go. You know, yeah. but it, it worked, um, you know? And so like the next morning I woke up, had my Instagram page going, was started following artists and, you know, kind of connecting there and followed one local artist. She was here in town. She followed me back on Saturday and woke up Sunday morning and she scheduled days. a... You're like, I, th I know the days these are, oh, yeah. these are happening. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, launched it basically on a Friday, followed her. She followed me back Saturday. She woke up Sunday morning and she had scheduled an intro call with me for Monday. Through your yeah. web, like just all through, automatically. Yeah, through my website. So yeah. boom, within three yeah. days it was already like, and you know, she, she didn't ultimately sign, um, but when she was talking to me, she's like, you know, I read through your website and it was just like, it resonated so well. And, yeah. and that was awesome. Cause what I noticed in that week where I was actually like redesigning the website, it was a lot easier to write the copy and kind of get in their head. Yeah. If you will, to, to do that and, and for marketing and that kind of stuff. Um, then it was being so broad because I could think of like a person, you know, I'm like, all right, right, what are they, yeah. what are they having yeah. trouble with? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, like a cool. tattoo artist, the things that came to your mind, tell me, like what was some of the, like Taxes, what does a tattoo artist struggle with? cash flow with? and Ta retirement. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, yeah all of them. Um, and that's almost every request I get inbound. Um, just cool. before this call, I got a <laughs> prospect call scheduled and mentioned taxes and saving for retirement. Um, but it's those three things usually, you know, and how do I manage this and actually make my money do something for me? Um, and also save on taxes and actually file those correctly. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of like, oh, wow, maybe I am onto something. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few days after that, on that Friday, so exactly a week from when I launched, you know, I'm outside, kids are playing, they're home from school, I'm talking to the neighbor. And all of a sudden, I pull out my phone, I look and, you know, Carl Richards mentioned me on Twitter, you know, that he saw it. And yeah. so I was like, okay. You know, and I'm I'm kind of a big deal. You can see, you can see here. You know, so I He's just the best. I, I, I lost just, it, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I bet. I was like, okay, I'm on to it. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just kind of went from there, and a lot of the artists have been really cool, you know, in connecting. Um, I was nervous for that. That was my a big concern because I didn't want to be this guy coming in, right? And um, how do I say it? Like acting like I knew better, you know, or yeah. like this hero, if you will. Um, right. into an industry that I wasn't necessarily a part of, you know, right. like I'd been a client, of course, had some tattoos, my wife does, but it wasn't like I was working in the industry in any way. Right. And then transition like a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's like, I didn't want to come off as like super salesy is just, I know what you need to do. You know what I mean? So what did you do? Uh, education. I mean, that, okay. first and foremost, just, just education, putting stuff out there on Instagram, taking, you know, people asking me questions, answering calls, you know, for free. I'm like, Hey, you know, they're like, Hey, I'm confused about this. I'm like, you got 30 minutes. Let's hop on a call, you know, and just kind of going through that with them. And, um, the podcast has helped a bit, you know, just reaching out and inviting people on as well. Um, you know, just really trying relationships, being a good yeah, person and genuinely in general. responding to people on their, you know, on the stuff they're doing on Instagram and not like, you know, they wouldn't follow me back and I wouldn't like, I'm not immediately messaging them like, Hey, like let's connect and let's, you know, schedule a call with me. You know, like I wouldn't do that just if they posted something or their stories or whatever, I'd comment if I liked it or, you know, whatever it was. And it's just kind of slowly snowballed from there you know so it's a lot <laughs> operating a lot differently than i did before right with my retiree clients yes um but it feels a lot yes. more natural um when you say different um i was sent to chamber of commerce meetings at my old firm to connect with people if that, <laughs> okay. that makes sense um <laughs> you know uh, so it's yeah, like it does make sense actually yeah, you know where everyone's selling and no one's yeah. buying um, right. Yeah. So those are fun, fun places. To yeah, be. and I mean, even social I heard, media I asked, is I, I couldn't use social media at the old firm to connect with anyone, even though I brought them all the data. Right. Right. Like I yeah. had, because you know my phone synced with our CRM and everything, so I'd see all of our clients on Facebook. Like it'd be like, oh, you may know this person and this person, and it's like they're all there, but they wouldn't use it. And they just stuck to the quarterly, mm-hmm. mailed and emailed newsletter. You know, and then I brought mm-hmm. the, I prepared an email with all the data on the age groups for Facebook and who uses it and how it's increasing and still didn't want to do it. Um, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it's operating a lot differently than like a wine client event, you know, or, you know, trying to get people to bring their friends and that kind of stuff. It's just a lot, a lot different than what I was doing. I, uh, I heard it explained on a fitness podcast, actually, as the difference between a transactional business and a transformational business. I like that. And yes, and it was, it, you know, it stuck with me because I feel like there's a lot of crossover to, to finance in the sense of where we, where we used to be with finance is, you know, it was even transactional along the way because most of everything you did was your monthly deposit into your 401k mm-hmm. and your company in a lot of cases also was depositing into a pension account for you. And so then when you retired, you needed to find an advisor who could then carry you know, carry forward what someone had been doing for you all along in your 401k. Mm-hmm. And so then the advisor then took your money in pretty much a single transaction, maybe a couple of meetings where you at least had a proposal plan. <laughs> and um, and then they transacted and took that money from the 401k and the pension plan, mm-hmm. put it into an investment account, and that, you know, here we are. And then we'll maybe meet again in, you know, a couple of months or just check in in a couple of months, but I'll see you once a year. Mm-hmm. We'll cover your plan again, make sure everybody's good. And then I'll see you the next year. And it's just a lot of these transactional moments mm-hmm. where you're, there's an expectation of what you're getting out of it. And as long as that expectation is met, 
then everybody's good. We move forward, mm-hmm. right? Versus this transformational, which is I might come into the situation and it is easier for me to think about in the gym. Like when a client comes in, they may have had a great day. They may have had a bad day. Mm-hmm. They may have had no sleep the last night. They may have come be coming back in from vacation and haven't had a workout in a week. Like every time they come in, they're in a different place. And so my job isn't to meet their expectation of a workout necessarily. It's to jump into their life, to spend an hour with them, and to carry them forward in their journey in fitness one step Mm -hmm. that day, right? Exactly. People are different, and they have different things going on. So that transformational piece includes that. And it says it's patient, I think, with the approach. Mm-hmm. And it's also enduring for the approach. Like, I want to change them a little bit at a time, and I want them to have that change forever versus just I'm going to meet their expectation for today, and then we're all going to go on our way. Um, and I, I think, I mean, it seems to be that, like, that's mm-hmm. what you're describing in your, you know, in these moments where you're painting with somebody or drawing with somebody. It's yeah, not, for it's sure. It's not typical. You know, even when I start out with clients, you know, I, I've taken a different approach than I think some people, like I'm doing weekly meetings in the beginning, um, you know, and taking it in much smaller bites because especially with a lot of these artists that maybe don't have a handle on, on their finances, right? Like they're really, really good at what they do. Um, but they spend so much time doing it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that is even when they're not working, they're working because they're tattooing all day, you know, eight, 10 hours yeah. a day or whatever, but yeah, someone had to draw all those designs beforehand, you know? So on their off days, that's what they're doing. So like dealing with this stuff is like, ugh, I don't, you know, I don't want this big overwhelming thing. And so, um, and, and to kind of facilitate that, I started using elements, um, planning software instead of like right capital and all that, because, right. you know, some of them also, we're not starting yeah. with, this big pool of assets, right? That I need to do this analysis on. Um, again, a lot different than my retiree clients. I'm not like, okay, when let's plan out your RMDs and your social security and you know, all this stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's first organize your cash flow and kind of develop that system and figure out where it's going. And then, you know, yeah. we'll get an account open a f- few meetings in maybe, you know, for retirement or whatever it is. Um, you know, but it's talking through a lot of that with him too. And like, I had one client where he was pretty resistant to some stuff in the beginning, you know, and he almost kind of felt like he wasn't sure if he'd be able to do it. Right. Like, I don't it's know tough. if I could see it's myself tough. here, like actually building wealth. Um, you know, and then after mm. the second or third meeting, he's like, man, like, I feel really good about this. Like this, you know, his mindset had changed because yeah, I'm sitting there half the time. I'm just letting him talk, you know, it's almost it almost is like a therapy session in a, in a small sense. Um, you know, we're sitting yeah. in his private studio that he works out of, you know, couch and chair and just talking and kind of working through some stuff and, you know, and not looking at numbers most of the time, you know, I spend maybe 20 minutes of that where we're actually diving into numbers, but the rest of it is just talking through some, of uh, yeah. you know, maybe some things that are holding back or, you know, like, all right, how do we actually get to here? And here's how you operate. And you say you want to kind of stay this way, but we're going to have to make a few changes. And, you know, taking that gradually instead of being like, no, you you need to do it my way. 
you know, or we're not going to work together, uh, which, you know, I could have <laughs> right, yeah. tried to go that route, but it wouldn't have worked, you know, and then wouldn't have a client. And, but yeah. over time it's like, man, I, he's like, I, you know, he's coming to these realizations, right. Which is cool. It's like, I'm seeing, I need to make some changes here and it's, it's hard, but I'm seeing it. And I, you know, based off what you're saying, I need to, you know, do this move or whatever. And, you know, at the end of one meeting, he was like, I feel positive now that like this can work like because you he's like because you came in right. here you know like with your attitude like it, it, it rubbed off basically you know what i mean like you came in here like telling me yes you can do it um instead of like man you're in you know maybe you're in a bad position or whatever um you know and there's been a few meetings like that with other people what's been really cool and i think you know what i've seen in you is just to experience some acceptance from the industry that the way we're doing it is successful with people and on the flip side we're able to build a business that Mm -hmm. provides for our families by doing it this way and you know for me that meant going the planning fee model right so i'm not charging on assets uh, whereas there's a lot of advisors Mm -hmm. especially when you're you know that transaction one time roll in a couple million you know a a percentage of those assets that you're managing is a great way to create steady stream of income. Well, if I've developed a relationship with somebody and I'm continuing to put time and effort and energy into developing that relationship with somebody and I'm continuing to offer them, you know, ways to change slowly over time in ways that are meaningful to them and their finances, well, a planning fee is also Mm -hmm. a very, you know, dependable source of income and source of revenue for me because that relationship is something that I'm, I'm invested right. in building and I'm going to continue to be a part of sustaining. Is that, is that how you built your practice? Is that what you think, you know, kind of, has that been your experience? Yeah, it is. Yeah. My, my experience. Yeah, definitely, you know, more focus on the planning and the planning yeah. fee is, yeah. as the main kind of, um, revenue for the business if right. you will and that's yeah. and honestly yeah. that's because i enjoy yeah. that stuff more than the investment piece to be fair um you know i don't i don't want to be in there messing with investments and always talking performance and it that doesn't get me excited what gets me excited you know is the conversation that i'm having where i met with someone recently and they're, we're they're about to file taxes for the year i'm like well have you contributed to your ira i'm like no I'm like well you know if you do we crunch the numbers you know you save six grand in your IRA, you can actually save about a grand on that federal tax as well. You know, and like seeing that excitement in someone, you know what I mean? Like that's, that is more fun to me than, you know, Hey, I got you in these funds and, you know, we beat the S and P by 0.4% or something, you know, like it, that just doesn't get me going. Like the planning stuff does. Um, because that's also something I can teach people. Right. And they can kind of take that, if they get to that point, they're like, hey, I've been working with you for a year, two years, whatever. Like, I feel like I can, quote unquote, graduate, right? right? And like, yep. kind of manage from here. Like, to me, that would be awesome to see, to give them that, you know, they get to that point where they're comfortable. Uh, you know, probably much like people with yep. a trainer, right? Where it's like, hey, I didn't know what I was doing before. Now I kind of have an idea, you know, and maybe I don't necessarily need a trainer all the time. Um. I don't know. And I just think it's a little more impactful and also teaches them more of the parts of finance that they can actually control and that, 
they yeah. have an impact on, right? Rather yeah. than yeah, and what uh, the investments you know, again, do. investments to me, um, there's three different pieces of know. finance. There's uh, the protection piece, there's the planning piece, and then there's the investment piece. And it it, mm-hmm. it seems wild to me that yeah. we would expect one person to be able to fully manage all three of those things uh, for you know for a client without having either a bench of experts uh, mm-hmm. or outsourced uh, experts that give you know, uh, their their own advice to the firm or are involved in some way in the planning of those pieces. And like you mentioned, Brock, uh, that I know a lot of mm-hmm. advisors use for insurance. Uh, and then, you know, on the investment side, I think it's, I see a lot of people use outsourced CIOs. Um, so chief investment officers, uh, they're not their own, in, you know, investment officer, they bring in an mm-hmm. expert to help them put together the portfolios that they're going to recommend to the client. And that person, if they're they're good at their job, is going to ask, hey, who are your clients? Are your clients tattoo artists? Yes. You know, um, well, what do tattoo artists need? Like, what are they trying to build for? Well, here's the types of accounts that you're probably going to be opening with them. And these are the types of funds that makes the most sense in there. And here's a well-balanced fund for somebody who's looking for more balance. And here's one that's more aggressive for somebody who's younger. And that person is the one that's going to uh, help you craft the ability to then turn around and, you know, provide that uh, investment option for them. And then also, when you get ready to do those review meetings, that person is going to help you prepare Mm-hmm. for how the market's being, you know, responding. And that person also may offer some things in the meantime to provide yeah. for your clients. But that's how you can be that planner and then also offer the investments. But it doesn't, but you don't have to. That's the, you know, that's the great thing about the choices that we have now is um, you can do those things, but you don't have to do those things. Right. You can still just dive in on, you know, what you're great at. Be great at that. Develop that. Develop that. Um, and that's what people have been doing for 20 mm-hmm. years now is establishing their practices, uh, you know, or longer. And, and, and I think that it's perfectly yeah. reasonable for advisors who are starting out in these neat, you know, niche type practices to just spend some time developing your practice, you know, figure out what you're good at, you know, what you are, what's important to you to do, how mm-hmm. you're going to do it. What's your, you know, what are your meetings look like? Are you doing small, quick meetings in the beginning? Um, you know, what is your, what is your population need? And, um, and just giving yourself the patience to figure that out first is really important. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, I think that, yeah, I agree that it's very important because like, even when I started, you know, and I'm a member of XY Planning Network and they have a lot of materials, right, for firms that are launching. And, um, part of that is like a planning process piece, you know, you're, general planning process piece and you know just trying like I tried to work that into what I was doing and it just yeah it didn't connect yeah it was kind of like I was hitting a roadblock you know and it was like well maybe I'm doing something wrong you know and kind of beat myself up but because I was trying to to follow this but you know finally I was like screw it I'm just gonna try something different and I I imagine it worked really well do that um yeah and so you know I've just been Oh, way better. Yeah. You know, and, and, and tweaking it just kind of as I go along. Right. And, um, yeah. So of course I, I didn't, 
I couldn't have known that from the beginning, you know, it's kind of giving myself and other advisors, you know, give yourself grace as far as like, you can change your process and what you're doing, you know, you don't got to beat yourself up for not doing it right from the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, cause I went from that process would have worked before, you know, with what I was doing at the yeah. old firm, but just the transition that I made, like it, it wasn't working the same. So I just kind of had to tweak and refine and figure out what worked and, some people said I'm crazy for my, you know, five or six weekly meetings in the beginning and, you know, yeah. teach their own. But, you know, it's working for what I needed to do. So and it and it keeps the clients, you know, Blinders involved and interacted right in that initial <laughs> beginning yeah. part of the relationship. Yeah. So Yep. Yeah. 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 It's uh that's been something I've learned in the past right. few months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had I not, I would not have started with yeah. tattoo artists. Yeah. Well, and now there's a population <laughs> there's a lot of, of people, people that, who have financial advice like, that did before no, because that's you did. Not a smart right? idea. And um, I think that's just I, I, I want to I want yeah. to see so much more of this. Yeah. I want to see people who are boldly willing to take the leap and put themselves out there as I'm here for this type of people. Um, we do it in so many other industries. I mean, mm -hmm. doctors have their own, um, craft and, yeah. uh, you know, psychologists have their own, um, niche. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it, there's so, all the industry, uh, education. I mean, how I mean, imagine saying that you're only going to be a first grade teacher. Like what? Mm -hmm. There are so Fitness many grades that you could teach. Why would you just teach first grade? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy no when way. you think about it in light of other <laughs> industries. But this is this is the way. Like, if everybody was taught to teach all the grades and then you just slap right. somebody into first grade, how well do you think those first graders would learn to read? Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Right. And then, you, yeah, you pick work. them up so and this, just move them around constantly I mean, to other grades this makes as sense. needed. Like, it just... It would wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah. Oh, I yeah, do. I do. I, I think, so. I think, I think it's okay is... for the future to have all different types of Hopefully the advisors future, in it. You know, um, uh, as long as we can just make space for each other and 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 realize that that we're all yeah. here. You know, doing what we're we're all great at. So I agree. So should yeah. be fun. Hopefully, hit some conventions this year and actually get out there in person now. So be a good time. Yes, we were going to talk about that. We didn't even make it. We are going to do that. We'll come back and talk about um, conventions and how that could be uh, a good way to build out your your niche mm -hmm. planning firm in part two of Colton and Jess. Perfect. Uh, on functional finance. Maybe so. that, by that point, I'll actually be, oh, I've gone to a few and so it can, can speak on it more. Now I'm just kind of planning it. out my year. So. I love it. That's the, that's the plan. All right.